We are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, the last canto and we had started with chapter 2 yesterday and that was the symptoms of Kali Yuga. The previous chapter was all about how the generation came about after the death of Sri Krishna. This chapter is all about how the Kali Yuga, everything has been completely distorted. That means the movement towards spiritual imperfection and what are the causes. So we had done till verse 4. I will recap this. A person's spiritual position will be ascertained merely according to external symbols. And on that base, same basis, people will change from one spiritual order to the next. A person's propriety will be seriously questioned if he does not earn a good living. And one who is very clever at juggling words will be considered a learned scholar. So there are three things which are discussed over here. First is, every individual person, even if they have joined the spiritual, they will still want to change from one spiritual person to another. That means one spiritual order to another, to another, to another. How many orders do they join and live in their lifetime is unimaginable, depending on their likes and dislikes. This are spiritual orders supposed to be somebody's likings and dislikings? No, it is not a like or dislike that you can leave a spiritual order or join a spiritual order. That means you can say today, okay, today I am a Hindu, tomorrow I will become a Christian, after that I will become a Muslim and after that I will become this and I will become... This is not the way how things are done. If there is a new church order or new um, order that is come up in Hinduism, are we supposed to join them? Well, everybody has merits and demerits, isn't it? The whole world is made up of merits and demerits. So, there are certain things which are to your liking and certain things which are not to your liking. Krishna has never said that you should take up something which is to your liking and leave something which is not to your liking. Has he ever said these words? Never. If you are supposed to undergo terrible stress and problems and tribulations in one particular spiritual world, in spiritual order, you have to bear it. Take the case of Jesus Christ. Did he say that, okay, I just don't want to do this kind of a stuff. Can I become a Roman? I mean, did he say these words? I don't think he said any of Ramakrishna Paramahansa underwent so many different, different learnings. Isn't it? Did he change his way of joining from one to another? He learnt Vedanta, by the way. I am sure you know that under Todapuri. So, did he become a Vedantist? No. All the students who came to him in the beginning were from the Brahmo Samaj. Do you think he joined Brahmo Samaj? No. He was a devotee of God and he remained faithful to being a devotee of God alone. That is all. So, just because of external symbols, we are not supposed to leave people. The second one is, a person's propriety will be seriously questioned if he does not earn a good living. What is the meaning of the word good living? So that means you are supposed to make money, live very, you know, in a, in a very posh manner. You need to have a house, you need to have a car, you need to have money in the bank. Then only you are supposed to be doing something better in this world. Otherwise, people do not consider you worthy enough. So, money is literally a kind of a status symbol around for people. So, I am a spiritualist. I run a kind of an ashram. Kind of an ashram. It's not an ashram in the full sense. The criteria for an ashram is very simply that 
you come to an ashram because you want to learn. You don't come to an ashram to take a holiday, right? An ashram is not a place where money is transacted. There are no transactions happening. The expenses are borne. But if there is a transaction and if there is an ashram where people can say whatever they want and live whichever way they want, is it a hotel or is it an ashram? You see, in a hotel, you can order things. You can say, I want this and I want that. And if you don't like the waiter's face, I mean the person who is doing your bed also in the hotel room, you can call up the reception and say, this fellow is not doing my bed properly. I want a fresh sheet of, you know, to be put on my bed. Isn't that what you can do? An ashram is a place where you live very humbly, simply, kindness. You know, all these words which I keep on harping on should be a part and parcel of an ashram. Can you shout loudly? Can you talk loudly? No. The criteria for an ashram is silence. And the teacher talks, the students listen. Is back answering the criteria for an ashram? No. If the teacher says, get me a glass of water. Can you tell your teacher, your guru, I will get it afterwards. You know, once your satsang is over, then I can get it. Can we say that? No. So, this criteria has been lost because it is all due to how you live over there. The good living conditions. And in the next verse, we will understand how money plays a very, very important role in the life. And one who is very clever at juggling words will be considered a learned scholar. So, yesterday I gave examples of LinkedIn and how people keep on writing all those fancy words. I gave an example. Today, I can tell you one thing. If you can say some things with a flourish, even if you don't know any meanings about it. I mean, think about it. People are talking about, you know, how big words they throw. Especially in the information technology industry, people will throw words like, you know, blockchain. I'm sure you have heard of these words, you know, blockchain, artificial intelligence, okay, machine learning. And you catch hold of one guy over there. I mean, what is the meaning of the word artificial intelligence? He is going to give you some crap. It's not going to be correct. A simple word cannot be deciphered by human beings, but they can talk and write and read words which are like huge with a flourish. They will be clever at juggling words. And people will be considered scholars if you can throw big words around. Look at all the HR interviews that are conducted. The more words you throw around, the HR person, I mean the people who are there in that industry hardly understand what you are speaking. And the moment you throw big words, then they think, oh, this person must be very, very knowledgeable. And that is the reason why idiots get appointed to positions which they are not even supposed to get appointed. Because they can talk big words. Last many years, I have been listening to, you know, customer relations manager. You know those big, big words, CRM, these, that. So many big, big words. What are you? I am a business development manager. And I say, no, you are just a salesman or a sales girl. No, my designation is, you can write very big designations. You can write your vice president marketing or whatever the hell that you, you are still what? A salesman in a company, isn't it? And if you are getting coffee and cleaning the desk and you are doing all those kinds of things, then what are you? If you are pandering to your boss, getting his grocery from the marketplace, dropping his wife home, you know, taking his kids for a swim. You understand all these things that a person does in this world? What are you? A glorified servant. You may be having a fancy designation, but you are still a glorified servant. 
and this is the reason why juggling words is what people have learnt. A business owner, business owner, I mean big designation, a CEO of a company, what is a CEO? Chief Executive Officer, I mean big designation, what is he? He is just a person who runs the company, you know, manager, kind of a manager. But no, my designation is this. So, these kind of big words have destroyed this entire way of living by first is good salaries. They are paid like as if they are, they are the fanciest people on earth and they don't even do anything. So, this, this thing which we need to consider over here is this is a part of Kaliuga. And in the Kaliuga, these are the symptoms. Alright. So, we need to understand them. Please don't take these words, you know, literally and say, oh, this is Kaliuga. That is the reason why everything is happening like this. You are sitting in my satsang. So, don't repeat this word saying, you know, because of Kaliuga, my designation is something like that. No. Kaliuga is not giving you any propriety of saying, you know, oh, this is what I am. No, you are nobody. First become a nobody. Okay. You understand what I said? No body. No body. Body. First you become a nobody. Remove that ego of yours or first of your body, the designation, the name, the place, the origin, whatever that you are. You think that you are some Brahmin or something like that, please throw it out of the window. What are you? My name is Anthony Gonsalves. My dunya me akela hu. I mean, think, think about it. What the hell are you talking? Remove that name. You are a nobody. You have to become that. So, idea is these are the things which are being mentioned so that you can overcome them. A person is judged unholy if he does not have money and hypocrisy will be accepted as virtue. Marriage will be arranged simply by verbal agreement and a person will think he is fit to appear in public if he has merely taken a bath. So, you know, I have seen, I mean, this is something which is not against any you know, women or men or something like that. But let me tell you. Women go to, you know, parlors. What is that? Uh, beauty parlor. No, I was going to say ice cream. I mean, I can think of ice cream. So, coming back to, they go to beauty parlor. And they get their hair, you know, all the color, this, that, whatever, you know, cutting and this and that. And take a wash. And then they come out and then they go for some fancy parties and something like that. Have they taken a bath? I took bath in the morning. Or yesterday I took a bath. Head bath I took. Head bath or hair bath or something. You are supposed, you have come from a barber. You understand a barber. Beauty parlor is nothing but barber. They are barbarians over there. So, <laughs> you are supposed to take a bath. You see, when you shave your head, you are supposed to take a bath, aren't you? No, I just cleaned my head nicely. <laughs> Polished it. In the same way, people think that taking a bath, they become fresh and pure. Sir, your purity is nothing to do with bath. Okay? The funniest part is, take a bath. I took a bath. I mean, I am starting from behind, okay? Not from the front of this. So, public appearance, just by taking a bath is not correct. So, it is only superficial. What is going on in the dirty mind of theirs? They have not taken a bath. On the contrary, when you take a bath, you should be taking the name of God and thinking good thoughts. But I would like you to understand people who take a bath and come out of the bathroom. You know how they are? <clears throat> like that. Why? Well, there is a technique of taking a bath. You know, you go for, into the bathroom and then what are you supposed to do? You see, when taking a bath, sing some songs. Okay? Nice songs. And so, when you come out of the bath, you are still singing nice songs. So, for all material worldly people, this is a good technique. Because any which way, they are not going to take, yeah, if they are 
you know, soap falls and they say, oh Jesus, oh something like that. <laughs> oh God, it fell down. Then you have a problem. See, and nowadays, <laughs> actually there, there is a very funny thing which has happened. Earlier on, you could go inside a bathroom and you didn't see the next person, the next person, you know, in the next bathroom. This is very funny thing. Okay, now, now you can see the other person. You can see the expressions on the person's face also. You can see what the person is doing also. Do you know that uh, in, uh, in Japan, in Japan, they have come up with new toilets. Okay. And in the toilets, they have put two buttons. Now, no, there are other buttons also, but I am going to discuss about two buttons. One button is for playing music. When, when you are making the dirty noises, you know, you can put the music loud. I am not joking. This is exactly what Japan has come up with. Play the music. And the second one is for spraying, you know, perfume. <laughs> can you imagine this kind of a joke happening? Why? Because first and foremost, why is the toilet open in the first place? Right? It still reminds me of olden times when people will go early in the morning with one, you know, dabba into the fields. Twenty of them sitting in one place. But that was much better. There was no music. You know, music was universal music. So, do you get this point? Like taking a bath has become literally like, you know, you know, those hammams and all in olden times. Now, bath has become like that. And people have this habit. I mean, yesterday I saw somebody, you know, jumping into the pool over here. They were swimming. For one hour, the person swam. But do you think any dirt from the body and the brain has gone away? Body fat also doesn't go, by the way. More fat gets accumulated in the brain. Because that is not a bath. And they must have gone and taken a shower later on. Shower. Okay. Bath doesn't make a person clean. Alright. Second thing the person says. I am going in reverse order. Marriage will be arranged simply by verbal agreement. Oh, Krishna forgot over here. It is not verbal agreement. Only moving your fingers. That is it. And no, no need of verbal agreement also. I was uh, seeing something in uh, some video somewhere. In that the person has just had, you know, previous night, good sex and all that. And next day she is wondering, should I send him a text? And the friend says, no. Why? Because it will show that, you know, you want something or... And people nowadays don't care for those type of... So, two days later, she sends hi. And the person responds after 10 minutes, hello. That's it. 10 days later, we had a good time. No response for 8 hours. And the answer is, okay. You see how this world is moving towards kind of a thing which nobody cares about. This is the funny part in our life, you know. And we think that India is not attuned to it. India is very much attuned to it. But people are a little reluctant to show it outside. They, they, they don't want to. They, they still want to cover up. So, marriage will be arranged only by verbal agreement. So, verbal agreement is what? The, you know what is a verbal agreement? Let's have sex. That's it. There is nothing written. There is nothing... <laughs> No, no attachment of any kind. In the previous verse to this also I told, told you exactly how things are. So marriage as an institution doesn't actually exist. Marriage is literally gone to the dogs. It's only a piece of paper if there is a paper. And that paper is also worthless. Now just imagine if you get one sheet of paper you know, which says you are married to XYZ. To you know earlier we could just tear it up and throw it away. Today you can't do that, you know that, no? You will have to pay a lot of money 
even after getting another paper you still have to pay a lot of money <laughs> so you better think before that and that is why the easiest solution is verbal agreement why do you need any agreement also okay let's get married say i do yes the person other person says i do this person says i do okay you want to put two malas in each others you know this thing there is no need also you go to tiffany buy one nice you know that thing okay now i am engaged to you but i didn't have the ring okay <laughs> get a ring this kind of stupid stuff is going on which is absolutely no value kaliyuga is going to be only verbal and do you think that anybody sticks to the verbal agreements i mean tell me something do you actually stick to your verbal agreements i am going to make a nice meal by by afternoon you have thought it's already 12:30 can we go and eat outside <laughs> so, so you know how the verbal agreements in our life are tomorrow i'm going to get up at 5 am in the morning oh god 7 am already <laughs> <laughs> I was still sleeping. Tomorrow I will get up. So our verbal agreements are like that. They are so marriages are like verbal agreement. You don't have to. Okay. So and of course tomorrow is something like that is blame the Shrimad Bhagavatam is a very good place to blame. You see, God, you only wrote about it, no? So where I am not supposed to keep any agreements. <laughs> you said verbal agreement, so I am sticking to your word. See, you said it, no? It is written. and because it is written that is why it is happening did you understand this because it is written so it is happening how lame can that be right a person is judged holy if he does not have money and hypocrisy will be accepted as a virtue how much money do you have okay if you have more money then you will be considered holy many years ago i used to go to one temple now i don't go earlier i used to go to one particular temple <laughs> and the moment he the the priest saw me coming inside no he saw you know earlier the colors of the money was not pink now it is some dirty pink 2000 rupee note looks like a dirty pink note earlier the color of 1000 rupee note was quite different so he saw 1000 rupees coming in casually if i am casually walking in 1000 rupees coming in so there is a sanctum sanctorum you know there is an inside garbhagraha we call it i was invited right inside the garbhagraha and the rest of the people are outside there is a line over there and there is one barrier you are not allowed to enter the barrier oh there, there one day one funny thing happened over there okay and so you can bribe yourself inside the garbhagraha also so now you understand you are very holy person if you can bribe yourself inside so the more money you spend the great more holy you are So give one a million dollars, you know, one million dollars to the nearest temple or church, and then see what happens. You will get all the prasad home only. You understand? You don't have to go to the temple. The temple will come to you. This kind of funny thing is happening in Kali Yuga. So one day I was standing in this temple, okay, and uh, <laughs> the prayer was going on. I used to go for this uh, Navratri kind of festival, and there is some festival at that time, you know. So I used to keep on going over there. because the since i was paying a certain amount of money so i was told okay you can come on this day this day this day this day this day so i went over there and one day i was just standing over there and i was thrown back nearly just behind like this there was nothing happening actually nobody could see what was happening and i got such a shooting pain in my back all right what actually happened the deity sitting over there you know Have you ever seen Ganesha? 
He ties a belt. You seen he is tying one. Okay, and that belt is one snake, pointy snake, and that pointy snake became an arrow and shot through. And just entered my body, and I fell behind. And believe me, that pain was so bad that I couldn't stand after that. Next day, I went to Dipti Ben and I said to her, "You know, this happened over there in the temple." So she said, "Yeah, it's anyway going to happen." So I said, "Why is he doing like this?" So I just imagine somebody comes and gives one solid bash and knocks your teeth off. What happens? You understand like that. So, well, you deserve this. So I accepted it. I said, "Okay, yes, yes, I have to accept it. After all, you can't start start a fight in a temple, can you? <laughs> it is the other is the deity's place. So this is the funny thing which happened. I stood in the garbagra and I got hit very badly. You may take it literally if you want to. It does not matter. <laughs> so it was a story. I just wanted to let you know. So if you have money, then you are holy. If you don't have money, You are an unholy fellow. So, who are the people who are the holiest in the world today? Do you know? Till yesterday, it was Qatar. You know Qatar. Qatar is a place in somewhere in the Middle East. They were earning some one point hundred and fifteen thousand dollars per capita. Right? They basically yesterday one other place has taken over them, and that place is called Macau. Have you heard of Macau? It's in China, man. It's next to Hong Kong. Okay, it's like an independent territory inside China. All right, and they have only gambling income. They are the biggest, you know, gambling dens over there. Every, every, including golden nuggets and all those. Okay, MGM Grand. All everybody has one uh, casino over there. The biggest casinos of that country, that particular small island, Macau, Hong Kong, Macau. Okay. They have built one big road over that has taken over as the per capita richest per capita income. So now you tell me a person will be judged unholy if he does not have money. Now they will be judged most holy, isn't it? A gambling place is the most holiest of the place because everybody has money, right? And hypocrisy will be accepted as a virtue when you pander to somebody and you are very hypocritical about these things. Of course, you will be considered. a very virtuous being so now we are going slowly slowly in this i hope it a sacred place will be taken to consist of no more than a reservoir of water located at a distance and beauty will be thought to depend on one's hairstyle filling the belly will become the goal of life and one who is audacious will be accepted as truthful he who can maintain a family will be regarded as an expert man and a principle of religion will be observed only for the sake of reputation so we'll do this slowly a sacred place will be taken to consist of no more than a reservoir of water located at a distance so if you have a reservoir of water located at a distance means what just think about it in olden times they had a temple and next to it there was a reservoir of water why because you can wash your legs and hands and become you know little pure and then go to the temple that is basically how the criteria is how do you enter the church by the way There is water next to it, and then you enter. You dip your hands in the water and make a sign of a cross, and then enter something like that. If there is no water over there, so first you need the water, and then you need the God. So God is always after water, by the way. So think about it like this: where there is a reservoir of water, why is there a reservoir of water? Because water is scarce. You got the point? Water is scarce. 
and water is going to be in very very few places in this world left this is the way we are all going about right about water yeah you can have all those you know bottled water mineral water maybe you can put mineral water in some place and you can call it holy so which is the best place next to a water body think about it it's a joke swimming pool no you can sit next to swimming pool there is god over there that's what people do and these kind of stupid things are there in this world the truth about this statement is i was just making a joke okay but let me tell you the truth about water over here reservoir of water which is located at a distance will be considered holy in india we consider places like gomukh gomukh is in the himalayas okay where the ganga is actually it's a kind of a small cave from where water comes out there is a very big glacier somewhere up into the himalayas which is melting okay so it's a glacier which when it comes out from a place so it is supposed to be coming from this particular place then if you go further there is gangotri there is yamunotri all those places come further 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 down the stream and then we have haridwar and rishikesh so where there is water there is holy place the first time when i went to haridwar it was a beautiful haridwar and rishikesh this time when i went to haridwar and rishikesh and to a few places in south india i saw active prostitution happening over there, there were bars there was prostitution dirt there so i was aghast i say is this how this place has been turned into in most of these places i found that let's take an example of a place like rishikesh and in rishikesh when i got off from the bus or whichever tra- the first thing was i was approached by a person saying that i will take you around i will show you this i will show you that and then they took me to a place which is they were taking me so they took me to a place where there was a store and then he said it's just for you to see and they showed me a rudraksha you know rudraksha you can google it if you want to rudraksha this is so much mukhi mukhi means how many faces it has this is single mukhi one one face only this is costing so much actually it was nothing but a scam yesterday we were discussing about a conch shell what is the name it is called some pani puri or valam puri or something like that okay valam puri <laughs> i mean that conch shell comes from a particular species of snails snails and one in one lakh is supposed to have a left hand side opening and that should cost you a certain amount of money people are peddling different species different species snails with different kinds of opening as that in the name of spirituality this is what people are peddling it is the same thing as if you go to some countries where you can get a shaligram whether it's a true shaligram or no nobody knows so if you think in terms of spirituality this is exactly what it has become it has become a con game where is that god over there why are prostitutes and why is that drinking bars and all these things in such kind of holy places is it not important to keep it very very sacred it is important to keep it sacred i was reading an article on vatican and how there is a group of people who will literally follow you they are basically trying to market something sell something to you the truth about that place can never be actually ascertained if you go along this way 
The same thing is there in Vrindavan, same thing is there in other places also. Recently we visited two, three temples. Recently, just about less than two months ago. And moment you enter the temple, the person says over there, Sir, I will take you directly for darshan over there. You please pay me a little bit of money. Little bit means a big, big, big amount of money. So, this is what? So, you think God is available when you pay this kind of a money and enter directly into the sanctum sanctorum? Is that what it means? That is not what God is all about. God is not supposed to be peddled, no? And that is the reason why spirituality has been completely eroded from the life of human beings. Spirituality is about what? Doing yogasana, doing pranayama. That is yogasana, pranayama and all those kind of things. And today if you do a very, very big sounding word, you know, big sounding word and that as a book, pay $5,000 and then you can say, I became an expert in this. Part. That is so, this thing which we have understood today, where the water bodies are at a distance, you cannot find, don't go to this thing that there is God over. Beauty will be thought to depend on one's hairstyle. What about the people who are bald? You know, people who are bald were earlier considered having a problem. But today, bald is good. Okay. So, you will have wind diesel. Who is your favorite artist? Wind diesel. I want to act with wind diesel. I want to meet wind diesel. Why? He looks very nice, you know. Oh, is that so? When you are bald, you look nice. I didn't know that. Then Buddha should be looking nicer to you. Why not follow Buddha nicely? And oh, the amount of hairstyles that they do, I asked my, I said, I will, I will dye my hair, you know, yellow over here and brown over here and green over Then I will be a better guru, I think. You have people who are black in color like me and they have golden tresses. I mean, think about it. How does it go? With your thobra, which is black in color, you want to have golden hair? How does it go, man? It doesn't, no? But still, I was a blonde, I became a brunette. Wow! I was black haired, then I became blonde. Hairstyles defines beauty. You see, when you have a cut like this, you know, only hair on top over here and one straight cut over here so that the sides don't grow too fast. And that has become a hairstyle. I didn't know that. You put your hair like this, then it has become a hairstyle. Then you look very good. I have seen men, they will tie one rubber band over here. I don't know what is that rubber band got to do with beauty. Okay. Most of the women don't even have hair. Okay. They have very little hair and then they will put one wig on top of it. They can become blonde, black or whatever hair that they want. But is that how beauty is being judged nowadays? So think about it. So you please decide what exactly, how beautiful you want to become and you decide. Okay. This hairstyle is beauty. But here the person is, you know, Sukhdev Goswami didn't know about all the, all the other industry. At that time, they must be taking one red color ointment and putting over here or one haldi over here. They didn't know that there are so many beauty companies in this world, you know, beauty products. If he knew about it, then he would have said, you know, beauty will be through depending on one's hairstyle and the amount of makeup that you put. He will, I mean, that is a line you can complete it for. Filling the belly will become the goal of life. Khane se jada, everything is dependent on how much you eat. And what kind of food you eat. The humble food that is there. Earlier dal rice was there. I went to one restaurant. There was one very simple dish called vada pav. You know what vada pav is? You take one bread. You know that tiny bread that is there. And you put one 
vada in it. Vada is it has got potatoes inside and on top it is covered by gram flour. Okay. And it is deep fried. That is always vada pav. Today there is a big menu of vada pav. And it says Shezwan vada pav. I have never heard of Shezwan. Shezwan is Chinese sir. And vada pav is from Mumbai. I never knew there is a Shezwan vada pav over there. But you get. Jain vada pav. What do you mean by Jain vada pav? Sir, there is no lasun in it. You know, lasun means uh, garlic. There is no garlic in it and there is no onion in it. So, it becomes a Jain vada pav. What are you talking about? So, you see, there are so many complications in food and a person goes to a particular place to eat a particular food. Okay? And this is what has become. Like today, we have Indian Chinese. Do you even know what is Indian Chinese? Nobody knows what an Indian Chinese is. You know, some ingredients were missing in the kitchen. So, that fellow put some, okay, garam masala dalo is made. <laughs> you are making a Chinese dish and you will see that there is a garam masala lying over there. You put it in that. Bala, oh, somebody made that shiracha sauce. Let us put that also in it. Okay. You know, all those big British sauces are there, you know, Worcestershire, this one, that one. Put it in. So, you will have a British Chinese. I mean, come on, what is all this? And day before yesterday, I told you about one person who had Michelin stars, you know, all the great, great Michelin stars. I am sure this person must have tried all this kind of stuff. But this is what is all culinary style is not like that. Culinary style is what? The basic thing to be cooked properly, sir. People don't know to cook rice also. Most of the time, the rice is al dente, means half cooked. Why? This is the way you are supposed to eat. I was eating one rice called jeera samba. If you get the grains in your mouth, it is not cooked. You know that, no? It has, rice has to be very soft. But I was told that this is how jeera samba is. I think all rice is the same. <laughs> so, and uh, especially you pay a lot of money for sticky rice. You pay a lot of money for sticky rice. You know the jasmine rice, sticky rice, how much money you pay. And here these people are saying, you know, that when you see the grains and they are separate, then it is very good. People don't even know how to cook rice. So, food has become exactly like that. So, you go and eat half cooked food or not cooked at all and then it is supposed to be good food. And it everything is supposed to help our stomach. By. Filling the belly will become a goal of life. And one who is audacious will be accepted as truthful. This is something which I have to qualify to you very nicely. The person has taken something. Okay. Suppose there was something on the table. Food. Food for 10 people. Food for 10 people. And the serving has still not started. Nobody has started serving. This person will come and pick up thing and eat it. From this he will eat. From that he will eat. What do you call such a person? Don't search for words. Idiot. I call such kind of people only one word. Idiot. I think it goes through all, all over that one word is enough for me. I mean, Krishna also calls people idiot. You have seen in the previous book. No? In the last chapter also, he calls people idiots. So, coming back to our story. And the person says, but you are not, you know, somebody comes over there. You have to wait. We are going to serve this. You are not supposed to eat just now. Well, where am I denying that I have not eaten? I have eaten. I have eaten this. I have eaten this. I have eaten this. It is called audacity. I am not telling lies. I am telling you I have eaten. So, people will you know, do all kinds of wrong activity and then say, I am telling you I have done this kind of a wrong activity. So, does it mean that you have done the wrong activity and accepted it? Does it mean that you are to be forgiven and that you have not done anything wrong? 
just by acceptance by saying some words to me that I have done this. Can you get away with it? You understand this is exactly what has happened. A person will rob another person and will say, I have robbed you, you know. After he is caught, then he will say, I have robbed you. I am accepting it. Does it mean your sins have gone away? Huh? Does it mean that? No. Just because you are saying, doesn't mean your sins have gone away. Doesn't mean that you have not done wrong. Doesn't mean that karma is not going to hit you very hard. I have people who will say, you know, I am sorry I didn't get up in the morning. And then, then they say, I said sorry to you, no? I told lies. I am sorry. I did this bad. I am sorry. I am not supposed to shout. I know that very well. I am sorry. That is called stupidity and audacity. You understand? Did I not tell you these people are called stupid? Accepting your mistake or saying that you have said lies or doing something wrong and then saying that I have done that wrong doesn't take away the sin from you. You are still a sinner. You are still committed karma and karma is still going to haunt you. Saying sorry is an, is an English word by the way. Doesn't take away your errors. So tomorrow you will kill somebody and say I am very sorry I killed. Is that okay? Is that okay? But I am accepting it. Know that I killed that person. So this is Kali Yuga's biggest problem. They will have the audacity to say those words. I did it. In, in earlier times, you know, men and women were supposed to be virgins. Today, they say openly, I have had sex with so many people, you know, and then let us get married. How does that sound? Very important. By just accepting and saying something doesn't make a person good, doesn't make a person spiritual, doesn't remove the sin or the karma associated with it. Yes, I have drunk. It's a very common thing to drink doesn't give you the freedom to get out of that karma. Correct? So, just by acknowledging and becoming a bit audacious doesn't make the sin go away. Please remember this. So, this is something you need to avoid. Don't do those wrong things right in the beginning. Got it? He who can maintain a family will be regarded as an expert man. Only when you maintain your family, then you are called, he is doing a great job. I can openly tell you till today, I am not saying that that is what it is. The idea that you have to pay some family member or give money at home and do something doesn't make a person great. No, doesn't make a person. In olden times, if you read the Bible also, you will find that there was a family. There were children. The children went out and worked. Do you think they were supporting a family or something like that? There was no such thing. So, just by saying that I support my family doesn't make any person an expert. So, maintaining a family by sending money, by giving money or by providing for the welfare or providing for the children or whatever is not the criteria. It is for the Kali Yuga. If you say I have to maintain my family and you think you are in spiritual, you are in the wrong place sir. Spirituality doesn't mean maintaining family. Is that correct or no? If you are becoming spiritual, you have gone on to the other side. You have become a sadhu, a sannyasi. But if there is a certain kind of a leeway, why don't you give all your money to, if you want to give it to your parents or to your wife or to your husband or to whoever, when you enter the spiritual, why do you need it any which way? You can come without it. 
This is one thing people have not understood and you need to understand one thing. Spirituality, money don't go hand in hand. God is there to take care. How the money comes, what happens, who gives is none of anybody's business, correct? And here we are talking about the material world people, material worldly people. How do they consider themselves? They consider themselves as experts if they can send money home or they can take care of their wife, their children, their family. Their... So we have some people living in the Gulf and sending money to their house, wife and children, autistic children also included. Okay. And that person is supposed to be an expert man. He is a very nice human being, you know. That is what I have been told. And he comes how many times in a year to visit home? Maybe once in a year. And maybe his wife goes to visit him over there. This is what is supposed to be taken care of. No, it is not like that. What is a family? What do you mean by maintaining a family? There is always a person who is going to be the number one in the Correct? And the rest of the people are supposed to do what they are supposed to do. So maybe there is a father figure, there is a mother figure or somebody like that. There is always that. And this is how families have been made. It's all about love. Disciplined life. Isn't it? It's not about paying money so that, you know, you have to be considered as somebody great. Just because some idiot is paying money and another idiot is not paying another money. You understand what I am talking, no? There is a family and one person gives money for the upkeep and the second one doesn't give any money. Does that mean that the other person who is not giving money is a bad person? If you say he is a bad person, then you are in the Kali Yuga. And if you say you are maintaining the family, 100% you are in Kali Yuga. God makes arrangements from people like this to make that money reach from one place to the other. But what does a man think? I am paying my money to my parents and my brother is not paying any money to anybody. Does that make the brother a lesser human being? No. If you talk like this, you are very much a part and parcel of the Kali Yuga. You are a degraded person. It has to be goodness of heart. And don't ever talk when you give money. Give it quietly, peacefully. And don't look at other person if the other person is giving or not giving. Do you understand this? So don't ever say these words that I am giving, my brother is not giving or my sister is not giving. There is no need to say those words. If you want to maintain the family, maintain it peacefully. With love, with compassion, with understanding. Don't point it out every now and then that I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. All ego. So, and the principles of religion will be observed only for the sake of reputation. So, people will only think about their reputation. How many tolas of gold I gave, what money I gave. Well, I have people in my world who say, you know, I got a 10,000 rupees ticket and I went inside. Wow, you are a great bhakta of that God. Money and observations like these are not good. Learn to live like a humble human being. After doing this verse, verse number 6, I can assure you this much. If you are humble, if you are quiet, if you are peaceful, if you are full of silence, if you are kind, if you are compassionate, if you are loving, caring, if you love to help people around, if you are doing your swadharma, you don't have an aggressive, angry kind of a demeanor, then you are truly a spiritual being. But if you have anything against this, if you show your tantrums, if you are angry, if you are upset, if things are not going, if you are keep on talking about things, then you are not a person who is a spiritual person. You are not sattvic. You have become tamasic in nature. And you are very much a part and parcel of this Kali Yuga. You have been 
injected with the symptoms of Kali Yuga and you are not worthy of being in Krishna's company. I am sure you remember Krishna talks about all the good stuff. He doesn't talk about anything like this what is written over here. So, as a parting note, I can just tell you this much. The symptoms of Kali Yuga are not for us. We are devotees of Krishna. We have to be kind and considerate and loving and caring. And a Guru has to be given his position as a Guru. And a Shishya has to remain as a Shishya. A relationship should be not just based on some verbal understanding. And hypocrisy should never be tolerated in today's day and age. Okay? Don't tell lies. Don't become audacious. These are the current teachings which you should take. Not the ones which are written over here, which are meant only for the Kali Yuga. So, I will stop over here and I will see you all next week. Have a very good day. Take care of yourself. Bye.